said Whirlpool, and Whirlpool is, is not a boil of the hops. You turn off the kettle, throw in <laughs> absurd amounts in this case. Shovel. Yeah, shovel in. <laughs> Bring in the backhoe, Tim! Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of The Brew Trails. This is episode number 17. I grabbed Ryan, the uh, co-owner, co-brewer of Dark Sky Brewing Company, my main man back in the brew house, and we talked for just a little bit about this new style that's up and coming and, and super trendy right now, and something that we've had a lot of fun experimenting with. That is the New England style IPA. This is another Short Trails episode, just about 20 minutes long or so, and I hope you enjoy our conversation and learn a lot about this new style, and then go to Dark Sky and, and grab a pint of it and chug it down, sitting on the patio. we got beautiful patio weather here in Flagstaff right now, and uh, if you don't know, Dark Sky has our outside patio with the food truck, so grab some tacos and a New England style IPA, and I'll tell you what, you can't go wrong with that. Um, so another thing you can't go wrong with is we've got our anniversary coming up, our second anniversary, woo, two years in this awesome town brewing beer. So mark your calendars, Cinco de Mayo, it'll be May 5th, first Friday. We're going to have bands all day. We've got three different bands, uh, Quinn and the Confluence, uh, middle band to be determined, uh, but then final band, as always, our, our boy from down south, Decker. So I uh, won't waste too much of your time. Like us, review us, share us with your friend. Make sure and follow on Facebook. And think of some questions for me to ask the crazy rock climbers for our next episode. I believe it'll be the next episode. We shall see. I'll be recording it next week. I am, as always, your host, Nick Irvin. And you're listening to The Brew Trails. Enjoy. Brett exploded on your hat? Indeed. Just some little dots. I got Brett on my shoe. (laughs) (laughs) There's Brett everywhere. (laughs) Cool. So as (laughs) Tim comes rolling something through the brewery. um, Bang, crash, slam. (laughs) Oh, now the chili kicked on. Uh, So, yeah, I'll try to uh, talk about it. Yeah, it's a brewery, man. This... This brew trails was recorded in front of a live brewing audience, <laughs> something like that. Uh, we wanted to sit down and talk about. Well, I wanted to. I don't know if Ryan wanted to, but I coerced him into doing it. Mm-hmm. Come talk about something we've been doing a lot of lately, um, a ton of lately, and that's a, a style that has become all the rage. And what style is that? Uh, a New England style IPA. And that, you heard, is the voice of Ryan Sandlin, uh, another brewer and founder here at Dark Sky. So, yeah, New England style IPA. Uh, not on the BJCP yet. Um, that probably. was actually an April Fool's joke. Oh, it was? That they added it. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it won't be an April Fool's joke pretty soon. No, I don't That's so. going to be one more because the IPA category just has gotten huge. The 2015... Wow, it was already two years ago. The 2015 BJCP styles included red IPAs and black IPAs and white IPAs. So I don't know exactly what they're going to call this one. They might call it a hazy IPA or juicy IPA or New England IPA. But um, 
Yeah, so let's start off just talking about what the heck we're talking about. What is a New England-style IPA? Is it one that, like, loves Dunkin' Donuts and thinks it's wicked awesome? Or <laughs> one that gets angry in traffic or hates the Yankees? What's a, what's a New England... What's a New England style IPA to you, Ryan, or to everyone else mostly? <clears throat> well, uh, extremely low bitterness. Um, but I thought but you still said IPA. Forward. Yeah, exactly. I thought all IPAs were were bitter. These are not. Um, there's some people that don't even do bittering additions with their hops in these. They just throw everything in at the last second and transfer it over, like the one we just did. Pretty much. <laughs> or the, what was it, the Saison? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Saison was uh, zero bittering additions. Okay, so then we need to kind of rewind, I guess, and, and say what is an IPA um, altogether? There's there's obviously hops involved, but a lot of people think that IPAs are just bitter. And and that was that's that's one part of what they can be, but... A heavy hop addition to preserve it on its journey far distances, which was the original IPA. We won't get into that story. Everyone knows that story. If you don't know the story of where IPAs came from, you know, look it up. But they are meant to travel long distances. Now, the hops are acting as preservatives. And like you just said, there's there's two main additions that you can do with hops. What are those two main additions? Uh, bittering, which usually comes up front, which, you know, most old school IPAs, they're, I guess, stringent to a point extremely bitter and then you have like late editions whirlpool editions and dry hops which you still gain bitterness from but not on the level of if it's sat in there for an hour or more yeah yeah you mean sat in the kettle correct yeah so yeah you boil them a lot they get they they transform into these bittering molecules uh you boil them just a tiny bit or you said whirlpool and whirlpool is is not a boil of the hops. You turn off the kettle, throw in <laughs> absurd amounts in this case. Shovel. Yeah, shovel in. <laughs> Bring in the tobacco, Tim. <laughs> and uh, dump in uh, a shovel full of hops. Uh, and just, like, jokingly, we're, we're not joking. We're talking about pounds, like three or four pounds uh, in a three-barrel batch, so a pound per, per barrel. barrel. Yeah, and so... All those go in after the boil stops, and you stir them. In our case, we, we stir them because we've got this little three-barrel kettle. Um, it's called the whirlpool, so what it does is basically extracts all the oils uh, out of the hops without isomerizing the molecules into bittering molecules. So, And that, there's no volatizing any of the compounds, so you're getting like all the aroma and the taste and the good stuff. Exactly, yeah, you're getting... Yeah, so volatilizing. Wow, what a what a crazy sciencey word. <laughs> um, so to volatilize means to go off, turn into a gas, basically. So these oils, you think about essential oils. You put them in your hot bathtub, and then you can smell them. And the reason you can smell them is because they've volatilized. They've turned into aromas because um, they've gone off to a gas. So what you do is you just basically, yeah, throw in a bunch of hops, the hop oils, which is that yummy, tasty, to most people, yummy and tasty flavor, sticks in there. Now, what else does that do? So that, that just sounds like we could do that to any IPA. What is it about the New England style IPA that differs from that? It's going to have the aroma. It's going to have the flavor of the hop. It's going to have low bittering. But what's that other unique characteristic? Um, well, a couple. Uh, in the grain bill, there's quite a bit of oats and wheat in there to give it a full, luxurious, silky mouthfeel. 
Yeah. Full body, as they say. Full, yeah, a lot of body. So stick on your tongue kind of, or like stick around on your tongue instead of just something described as dry just goes away, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the what? what, what what's that out of there? The wheat and the oats? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, you said there's more? But wait, and there's more. The yeast profile. Ah. Um, very familiar beer to most is Hetty Topper, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they were one of the first people to discover that London Nail 3 yeast is pretty awesome for leaving stuff in suspension and giving you all like kinds of crazy flavors from that fermentation. So now there's all kinds of companies trying to make their own to kind of follow suit, but uh, hmm. we've been sticking with that one so far. Yeah, London Ale Yeast by Y Yeast, which starts with a W, so that's just confusing. Um, you used to talk about stay in suspension, so what's the visual characteristic that you get from these New England IPAs? Uh, hazy to milky to orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to naked we, juice. <laughs> we haven't approached the orange juice yet. What? I don't know. Not in these. Some of those pores of... Uh, well, I guess that was gravitational. That was yeah. like a hazy pale ale. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, these are more foggy, and and so it's it's actually kind of weird. That's you know we could get into how people started and how a hazy beer was considered a bad beer. The brewer didn't know what they were doing. Now we're moving into a time when hazy beers are wanted. Um, in everything in traditionally tells you no, like these are bad. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> or I think, sloppy. And I think that came from definitely a good place because that usually meant, well, yeah, sloppy, but it, it meant that you could get these off flavors if, you're, mm-hmm. if your beer is hazy for the wrong reasons. Um, if you have a bunch of yeast left over in suspension, that might not taste so so great. But these other proteins and the wheat and the oat and the, and actually what's the last part, after, even after Whirlpool, you said dry hopping. Mm-hmm. Does that have anything? Why don't you talk about the dry hopping? Uh, so hop haze. Like from all the oils and the hops, they'll kind of cause that too. Um, we haven't really gone as big as most people yet, <laughs> which is kind of insane because that's a lot of hops. Um, I've heard stories of four, five, six pounds per barrel up to that's, nine, ten, eleven pounds per barrel. And I'm not even sure how you get beer out of there, but no. Uh, and there's got <laughs> there's got to be a point to where like that's a negative effect. We found that's a sweet spot insane. like two and a half to three and a half, and that's I'm happy with that. I don't, yeah, I don't. There's no reason to go any farther. To me, there's no need to to add anything more. Like like you said, um, you said how you get beer out of that. Like yeah, what we're talk, talking about is once you put that many hops, and we're and we're using hot pellets, and so those hot pellets are going to absorb some of the final product, and so you're actually losing product when you dry hop that much. So number one, it's pretty expensive to use that many hops in one beer but number two you're also compounding the effect by yeah by that loss of product i just saw the other day the veils doing a quadruple dry hopped double ipa yeah i don't even know what that means like do you split your normal dry hop into four additions and then like drop it out and then add it again i don't yeah i don't even know what quadruple is 30 pounds per barrel so quadruple could be the number yeah the number of pounds of hops but so yeah so New England Hazy IPAs, why do you think they're popular right now? Uh, to me, they're very approachable for somebody who wants to try an IPA that's scared. Don't be um, scared. I mean, I don't know. I think I told you the joke. It's like, when I was growing up, it was stone IPA, and you had to be a man to drink it. And now there's these juicy 
hop bombs that like it's all hops but it's not bitter quite approachable <laughs> for somebody who wants to you know really find out what certain hops taste like yeah yeah it's you definitely taste what the hop tastes mm-hmm. like um in in most people's opinion in a good way um, so yeah it, it's approachable they, people see the word ipa and are, are scared of the bitterness of it um i think for for me, the biggest part of why I like these is just, I mean, it is the flavor and the aroma. It's its crazy. Like, one of our, some of ours, you can smell from, you know, two feet away. The glass is over on the side, and all of a sudden you can smell it just, like, punch you in the face with that aroma. And then the, the flavor is, it's like this kind of sweetness to me, like kind of sweet but floral, like a floral sweetness. And so I think that's just it's just almost like a new taste style has become discovered um, with these. Uh, yeah, what do you remember your first hazy IPA mm. or New England style IPA? We had, mine, we had a couple from Wilderness. Yeah, I think mine was probably Heady Topper. Oh yeah, that would be first. Missed. Yeah, that and, and it's <laughs> funny they say drink from the can because they were afraid of the. Uh, well, there's know, there's a lot possibly. of stuff in those cans. Yeah, so, other than beer. <laughs> like we said, looking at it, it's not supposed to be that hazy, but now it is. So, um, but yeah, Heady Topper was my first, I'm sure, that I know of. Um, and that's in, where, where's Heady Topper? Vermont. Vermont, so considered pretty much northeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what are some other, speaking of that, some other breweries that um, are doing these? We had the those cans from the Vale. That, those, those to me approach the, the orange juice consistency. Yeah. Pulpy orange juice. Now, the Vale, that's not really New England, though. That's Virginia, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, yes. I mean, East Monkish and California is doing them now really, really oh, well. Yeah. Lots They're of people everywhere are now. doing them. Yeah. Uh, I think they just call them that because that's kind of where they their humble beginnings were, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, tired Hands. Mm-hmm. That's another one uh, that's doing a lot of them. Uh, Dark Sky. <laughs> Dark Sky and Flagstaff. They're doing a lot of good uh, hazy IPAs now. Juicy. Do you think people have gotten away from the word juicy? It seemed like I haven't heard that in a while. No, no. people are still definitely using it. Yeah. I feel like hazy and New England style I've heard mostly now. So we, we've made a go out of it. Uh, we've done quite a few uh, of them. And now. I don't know. I think who else has done them in town? Do you know? Nobody in, in well, Tower Station's not really, I mean, it's unfiltered but it's not hazy um yeah there's only like a a select few people who are trying to do them now and there's a few of them that are doing them extremely well um tombstones one wilderness has had a couple really good ones yeah tombstone down in two down south of tucson in the town of tombstone and uh wilderness in the valley had a really really good one too oh really i didn't Mm -hmm. get that one Cool. Helton again in the valley, um, but up here I, I think it's I think it, I mean you mentioned Tower Station, but I don't know. Yeah, that's um, that'd be interesting to like to see how they would feel about calling it a, a hazy New England IPA or not. Um, it, it's definitely approaching it with that citrusy. I don't know. That's you bring up a good point, but uh, we're definitely doing it here at Dark Sky, and we've done six of them. I think uh, yeah, I six is fermenting over there yeah like i got uh misty mountain hop was our our first one and that one was like dipping the toe into it just you know 
I think just kind of like being a little bit scared of how much to put in there, um, but really well received. Mr. You know, that, that one, like, that was one I really realized, like, wow, you can taste all the hops in here, and like, you know exactly what all of them taste like, because that one had um, a fair amount of Amarillo in it, and that one came through, like, pretty grassy to me, yeah. like, a, like a fresh-cut lawn. Mm. Those are always so yummy. So that was kind of interesting. <laughs> Eating on the fresh-cut grass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I don't think we've used Amarillo in any of the other ones. We just had that one box of, of Amarillo to go through, or bag, or whatever. Um, yeah, Alto Stratus. Uh, we started doing this since they're cloudy uh, IPAs. We started doing a cloud series. And so Alto Stratus was another one. Uh, Cirrus, which I'm drinking, or, both, or did you get Hopper? Cirrus. Cirrus, okay, yeah, so we're both drinking Cirrus right now. I'm scared of Hopper. Yeah, and we did Get to the Hopper. Get to the Hopper! Um, another one, uh, and then uh, Blood of My Enemies was interesting because threw in passion fruit and uh, and hibiscus into that one, and I I don't know I got like one pint of it and it was gone. It was a mega hit. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're down the valley, you may have gotten a hold of that because uh, we sent quite a bit down there. But yeah, Blood of My Enemies, get to the hopper, uh, hops for breakfast. And yeah, that's. I think that's it. Hops oh, for breakfast actually has uh, milk sugar in it too. Yeah, which is and pretty fun. Another secret ingredient will come soon. <laughs> yeah, hops for breakfast. So for breakfast, like milk, milk sugar, lactose. Haha. Um, yeah, another addition. We're gonna uh, add add something to that one. I don't know why I'm keeping it a secret, but we'll keep it a secret. Yeah, this podcast will probably come out after we've already released well, it anyway. It's, it's technically new recipe two hundred. Yeah, that one's our number 200. I think so. Well, yeah, we had the one to be determined if it's going to turn out or not. Um, Make it. Yeah. (laughs) So, cool. Uh, What's the future? What do you think about these New England IPAs' future? Do you think it's trend or do you think it'll stick around? Uh, Both, I would say. Because there's, I mean, Saison, man, got all bent out of shape when you, you guys started talking about, like, the trends of them and stuff and like some people are making good ones and some people are making really bad ones but i think those eventually like the bad ones will get weeded out and people will stop making them because they're just you know people aren't into them anymore but um we've been averaging kicking an entire batch in two weeks and having another one to go on right behind it which is really great because the hops say stay super fresh and yeah nothing gets really oxidized or weird or Whatever, so uh, we're definitely selling them. <laughs> so I oh. think they're good. Oh, yeah, we're selling them. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll stick around. I, I'd like to see into the future on, on what you know, the hops and the agricultural part of it because this is using it's kind of irresponsible. so many hops. Oh, it's definitely irresponsible, <laughs> but fun. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There's a T-shirt. Irres- NEPA, New England IPA, irresponsible but fun. Um, totally there goes the parking it. lady. Marking people's tires, giving tickets. Urgh. Oh, we're getting. Side note: We're getting. Uh, probably getting meters soon, huh? Mm-hmm. Say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think the future is definitely. I think these will stick around. They're tasty. Um, it's not really a fad uh, as much as it seemed like it was in the very beginning. Um, people are actually, like you said, doing good ones now. So I th- yeah, I think they'll stick around. And there's, I mean, the hop combos are endless. You know, so there's there's lots to do, and I don't know, there's there's a place for all of them, I think. Yeah, and we've seen 
and are still seeing the different additions that people are using. You know, we did our hibiscus one uh, before Tired Hands did, and um, that one turned out really good. Uh, we did Guavitational, which we were, you know, we're calling really a pale ale, but I mean, that one. Then uh, Event yeah. Beerizen has. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot about Event Beerizen. Blueberries, blueberries in it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, you know, all sorts of combinations, at least for Dark Sky, the way we do things. <laughs> I think that style kind of, like, lends itself to fruit very well. It does. It know? does. It absolutely does because it holds it into suspension. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people are getting a hold of that, that mouthfeel, like you said, it really tends well. Just like a stout would tend well um, to, I don't know, to... Chocolate. Chocolate, and coffee. yeah, and coffee. Exactly. Like, these big mouthfeels tend well to the... To the fruit additions. Although the the last pours on these kegs are usually pretty turbid and kind of mm. crazy looking. Absolutely. Once all that fruit pectin falls out of suspension, it gets pretty wild down there. Yeah, yeah. You know when it's time to change that keg, <laughs> or hopefully Omar hasn't just shaken them all up. Because <laughs> then you got to wait a little bit. Cool. Well, thank you for sitting down and talking about New England style IPAs. Mm. If anyone out there has any questions about them. Um, well, there's always Google, but you can also, I guess, comment down below, and uh, maybe we'll get back at you. So, cool. Well, uh, New England IPAs, come to Dark Sky and slug some down. The weather is perfect for them. The patio is perfect for them. Man, that's something I'm definitely looking forward to is more and more patio weather with these big, juicy IPAs. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Well, chiller kicked on, so that's going to do it for, uh, for this episode. Thank you, man. Cheers. Empty glasses. Let's go get more. Alright, well hopefully you guys learned a little something about the New England style IPAs that you may have seen already or may see in the near future, especially if you head on over to Dark Sky Brewing and check out what we've got to offer with our our New England style IPAs. And thank you to Ryan for sitting down and talking with me, and thanks to Tim for making lots of noise. And thanks to you guys for sticking around and listening to us rant all about our beers. Alright, my name's Nick Irvin, your host, and I'd love for you to go out and explore your brew trails. (laughs) Cheers, everybody.